Persian men are willing to say anything exactly. to make you think that like you're the center of their world and really they don't give a shit about you. But like Persian girls know that's true because we've, we've been disappointed by our fathers so many times. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> wow. That we that we no, know no lie detected. No lie detected. Yeah, uh, they're like, no, he's different. He speaks to me this way. It's like he speaks to every girl that way. Like, do you know how to say I love you in Farsi? It's Dusit Daram. Back with our shit poster aficionado Persian punk Al Woods meme lord meme duchess meme duchess Saha Shiralian waiting for Natalie Natalie has entered the chat. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, oh, perfect, yeah, it's really perfect. Good, really good. Yeah. Oh, I love these colors. You guys are so bright. Yeah, I was saying that we look like latte. Like we're both little lentils. I'm orange. Oh, red. I, I was thinking you guys look like Teletubbies. But... What? I'm Poe. I love Poe. <laughs> She's Lala. I didn't watch that shit. Well, you're was... Twinkie because you're purple. Exactly. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> you guys, did you guys really like thoroughly watch Teletubbies? I, I had a little sister. Yeah, of course. But I had a little sister. She's 12 years younger than me. So I was in the know with Teletubbies. I mean, I don't need an excuse. I just like Teletubbies. Yeah, they're cool. They're fun. I feel like they're all um, like sexual offenders. No? Just just uh, Lala. <laughs> just, just me. <laughs> um, well, I, I briefly introduced Sahar uh, before you got on. Um, but my, she has several titles. Oh, I guess the titles we gave myself was shit posting aficionado. No, shit poster aficionado, <laughs> okay. Persian punk, Elle Woods, um, meme, meme duchess, meme duchess <laughs> is back on the podcast. You can catch her in the last episode we did with her, which was performative hashtag girl boss but please i'm not a girl boss anymore i realize that that's canceled and i don't want to be associated with that brand <laughs> the gen z the gen z folks don't like girl boss so i'm just like a i mean a new title for like okay, i'm sorry but i don't like gen z so me we were just saying that we hate their fashion oh, yeah they're well, baggy defending, clothes i was defending Sahara was like, Millie, I know you like Gen Z, but I hate them. So this was really good that you came in because I was, but I don't like their fashion choices. I it's normcore. Like they all, they all dress like sitcom characters from the 90s, though. Yeah. I just, I just like can't relate to them. I'm sorry. Like anytime, like I'm in a room with one of them, I'm just like, I just, just want to leave. I don't know. I like, I don't even need a reason to dislike them. I just don't. <laughs> Spoken like a true Gemini, though. Like, <laughs> oh, and now they're now they're like for our listeners. All three of us are Gemini's. Uh, Millie and I are like pure Gemini's, basically, right? Isn't your chart mostly Gemini? Yeah, we we, we have this. We, we have identical to, charts, basically. Yeah, somewhat. somewhat yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you're an Aries moon. I'm a Cancer moon. That's like the big yeah. difference. 
I know Aries are I really hate that I'm an Aries one because I don't like Aries but I love my brother sorry yeah so I feel like a lot of are we have we bring a lot of chaotic energy when we're all together which I like unfiltered unfiltered truths will come out like your hatred for Gen Z I still don't know my full chart I've never like tapped into that but all I know is I'm Gemini (laughs) yeah I mean I finally found my birth certificate so that's how I found my birth time but I don't even need my birth certificate my mom has my birth time memorized Oh, that's nice. So does my mom doesn't even know my name sometimes. (laughs) It literally like tells people, yeah, she like she either like I'm older than I am or younger than I am. Oh, Millie, yeah, she's 22. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm 25. (laughs) It's like, oh, y'all don't have It's like, what? Oh my God. And she'll call me by another name. I think I was I witnessed that once. Yeah. Remember that? I was at your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She called you a different name. I'm just standing there like, oh. But She's special. I know she loves me. She does. You're lovable. You're so sweet. <laughs> um. Anyways, okay. Enough about me. I feel like we, each of us will say that throughout this podcast. I know. It's, 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 about- it's like it's like tarot for like two hours. Like we love each other. I love you. <laughs> so a lot has changed since you last came on the podcast. Yeah, a lot has changed. Like my life has did did kind of a one eighty. Um, it's funny. I was listening to the podcast this morning on my way to work. I just want to like catch up with like former me. And I was like, whoa, like, uh, I had a lot to say about like dating as a, uh, a lawyer generally, and, but also dating as like a Persian woman who's educated and has her own career is not waiting for like her Persian prince to sweep her off her feet. Like I, that's kind of like what we discussed last time. I think what I found was interesting was there was a tone of almost like, I don't need men in my last podcast episode. I don't know if you guys related or heard that. And that's true. I don't need them, but it's almost like I met somebody since then. And now I want one in my life and I'm nurturing that part of me. And um, I was going to say girl boss, but I can't say that. So um, (laughs) I'm, I'm still like a career oriented corporate ladder climbing uh, individual. I, I basically, I, I basically to- just described a girl boss, but um, I don't know why I wanted to say corporate ladder climbing. <laughs> oh my god, I'm that too. I, I just to wanted be. the alliteration to happen. Sorry. Maybe that's the new girl boss phrase. Cor- corporate. Oh, wait, can we like sit back on this okay, couch? Okay, okay. I'm kind of like I'm feeling like now you really look like Teletubbies. <laughs> like, I know, and then there's like pillow in the background. Like a hoax. Oh my god, look, it's like a moon instead of the sun. Like, oh my god, you guys are just anorexic Teletubbies. <laughs> oh my god, that's the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Yeah, I guess there's like a, almost like a bitterness almost in my last um, episode, which I'm not gonna like apologize for because my experiences led to that. And I'm, you know, we're all human and we're shaped by our past traumas. Uh, specifically dating Persian men just kidding um <laughs> you're gonna listen to this again and be like wow I was still so bitter I know god I hate that so much but I think there was like an there really should be like a PTSD program like like you know how they have for like army vets like there should be a PTSD program for like women that dated Persian men 
Yeah, well, spoiler alert, I'm not with a Persian guy. I'm now dating uh, a Sefid boy. He's a nice Irish Catholic boy. Um, oh, I'm also dating a Sefid boy. He's Irish, Italian, English, German. <laughs> you're not German. Oh, you're also German? Oh, a little bit German. Oh, cool. So I guess. So, wait, these are dog breeds or. <laughs> 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 wait so you are also no longer sing- i think when i spoke first spoke to you you were single oh yeah I so was. like we both like progress i guess that's that's changes i guess um, I, I think like a few weeks wh- when was our interview with you it was like early july oh wow it was july no it was, was not it? July. was it Au- i remember in august i think date. it was in august yeah i remember an august was, date yeah i was back in la so I guess when we did the interview with you, it was like two weeks after I had met him. And then we started dating like a month and a half after that, oh, like being cool. official. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like it's interesting because um, I guess the tone in my last episode was like, I'm swearing off Persian guys. And that wasn't really true. I mean, if I met like the right Persian guy, I would have, you know, swallowed my pride. I'm kidding. I would have let go of some of the stereotypes like like Dudu Tala that we talk about on the podcast there's like mm-hmm. girls mention and like persian memes and stuff um but i actually i'm really enjoying the experience of dating somebody outside my culture and it's been a fun journey actually because i've dated both i've dated like persian men um and i've also dated white men but the white men i've dated had like no interest in my culture it was almost like either fetishized me a little bit you know mm-hmm. like yeah um you know oh you're like a you're like a kardashian and i'm like that's like the wrong country by the way um <laughs> it's like either it's like either you're you're like oh curvy persian girl or she's a fire girl um or like you know princess jasmine vibes like that was kind of like a lot of the themes with like white men but they were not interested like they didn't really do norus with me um none of them wanted to eat anything besides like kebab you know it was just like Okay. But you know, the guy I'm dating now actually, like we did Noru's together and he has like, like a profound interest in my culture, which I found very attractive and refreshing. And it's made me like being Persian more. I kind of like realized like I was a little bit, I was getting kind of whitewashed, um, which began, I think, in law school, to be honest. Um, there weren't many Persian girls at USC for some reason. There's only a couple. Um, and I thought I got so I had so many white friends. Um, and just my interests, I guess, are very quote unquote white. I like punk rock music. I like, you know, goth music. I'm I'm pretty cultured. I think a lot of Persian girls, I don't want to speak for the whole whole Persian girl um, community, but it's rare to like those things. Um, so I had a lot of friends that weren't in my culture. Um, and, you know, I met, you know, my boyfriend through my interests. So um, it's been interesting dating somebody who like loves where I come from and wants to learn about it. Like we watched like Abbas Kiarostami film, which is a you know Persian director. And yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like I was like, he, he actually brought it up and suggested it. And I was like, okay, you're cool. We watched that. And like, also like teaching him like the idioms that came up in that movie or like, you know, the way of life that was presented in the movie that we saw, which was where is the friend's house. Um, it was funny because there was an obsession with homework in that movie. It's about children it's a very children focused film. And I was like doing your homework and being educated is like a really big part of our culture. And it was like, it's almost like a joke. Like I like sharing Persian memes with him and like, 
China bot, like that meme about China bot, like fixing COVID or being like the cure to COVID. Like he's kind of like in the know now. And it's like very refreshing. And um, I, you know, dated Padam, like my, one of my significant relationships was with a Persian guy. And it's like diametrically opposed almost. I'm with somebody who like is supportive of my career, likes that I'm independent. Um, and it's not like a bad thing. That makes sense. It's not like a turnoff. I don't have any fear that like me being successful or standing on my two feet is going to turn this person away. And I don't know if that's a cultural thing. Um, I don't think I've dated enough to say that, but I know those are the things we talked about in our last episode together. Yeah. I mean, those were your experiences and those are the people you met. But I also, I think it's like, it's interesting because I, I think a lot of Persians who they're marrying other Persians, they are whitewashed in this different way. And they actually like, because they're being they're with another Persian, they kind of forget about carrying things of the culture, like passing on the culture to the next generation. They're like, oh, whatever, like genetically they're Persian, but it's like you actually don't really interact with your culture that much. Yeah. So it's interesting that you're like making this extra effort because, you know, what I mean, there's like this re rekindling of the past. Yeah, I, I didn't. Like- I didn't even have like a sabzi or like half seen in my last apartment. I don't know if that was because that was COVID was last um, New Year's, the New Year's we had COVID um, and I didn't have any at my house, but this year I made an effort to do all that because I'm like, I guess I'm realizing that being Persian is a huge part of my identity. I'm not just a lawyer. I'm not somebody who just likes this kind of music. I'm not somebody who's just literary. I'm also Persian. That's a big part of who I am. And I think like, if you're not Persian like me, I do think I need to like introduce you to where I'm coming from. Like one day you're getting my parents. That's a whole host of like issues and how to understand them or understand me and my upbringing. I also think it informs our temperament too, um, the way we respond or react to things. I mean, I'm gonna say, I think Persian men, are, Persian women are very different from like, you know, your standard white girl, um, no matter how whitewashed you are. Yeah, I mean, that I guess that is that is both the reason why Persian men sometimes stay away from Persian women, either it's because they really know how intense Persian women can get Um, as much as there's like this joke, oh, they're like subservient to housewives, like not really will burn the house down. Um, <laughs> I usually blame my temper on being a Gemini, though, as opposed to being Persian. Oh, uh, I, I don't have a temper. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's something someone with a temper would say. I mean, I mean, though, no, I don't have a temper, but I do think, like, I think, I, I think I'm going to rephrase that. I think you know, I'm going to reclaim. I'm going to reclaim my narrative. I don't think <laughs> I'm reclaiming my narrative. Um, I don't think. I think if you're if you want like a sniffling girl who cowers who's granola go look for that there's a lot of girls like that but if you want somebody if you want to be in like an intense passionate love story i think persian girls are the are the way to go i don't think we have i think we kind of stand up for what we think is right and we are really big on respect and that manifests maybe as a temper um but like i mean speaking of like gen z and millennials and they're like hashtag me too and the 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 steps in feminism recently i feel like persian women are in line with that because we're speaking up and we're saying our truth i mean 
I don't think that's subservient. I mean, can we have hot temper? Sure. But I think most of the time it's just us expressing how we feel. We're very expressive. And I think it's for both sexes. I think like, let's be honest, I think Persian men are very dramatic. Oh, yeah. They're- I mean, their tempers are the worst. I, I mean, I dealt with that, my relationship um, my, my, with, with my ex. Um, he, he was far more dramatic than I ever was. So I think, like, you know, let's be fair. <laughs> no, I I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't finish my thought, but it was that the, the Persian men who are aware of the temper or the intensity that comes with dating Persian women, they stay away from that because it's like, okay, well, I want, I want to be the intense one. I can't deal with another. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because there are some Persian men who... They're more like masum, like more socket. Like they don't socket, <laughs> kashi. Like the <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but oh everyone has something against kashi man. No, in a way, I was no. I was just saying that. No, actually, that's not even true. That all kashis are tarsu. Yeah, they're yeah, because they could be like a screaming bitch tarsu. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I'm not oh. speaking from personal experience. Uh. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, but I, I also think, like, um, I don't know how Millie feels, but in regards to dating Persian men as someone who is one of the founders of, of Persian Girl Podcast, I I always, like, sensed that it would be an issue in the relationship and that they wouldn't necessarily be proud of my accomplishments with the podcast that they would be a little bit cautious of it um but as someone who's dating uh a Cephid boy he's very proud he wears (laughs) his uh Zahimar sweatshirt all the time um and always like tells people what it means and tries to teach them um which I really like like it's something you can't choose in a relationship it's not a deal breaker like oh if you don't if you're not proud of my podcast, if you don't take interest in it, I'm not going to date you, but it's definitely a plus. I mean, that's so lovely. I'll, this is like so sad to say, but I don't think I ever dated somebody who was proud of me until now. Um, and it's, and I'm, I'm, t- I'm turning 29 in June and that's like a really long time to be on this earth and date and just nobody was ever proud of me. I can tell you like a Persian guy I dated was almost like jealous and competitive um, with me, uh, the fact that I I scored well in the LSAT to get into law school and he didn't was almost like a huge issue. Um, oh. But it was like, and he didn't go to law school, but it's fine. I, I mean, it just like, I, I sometimes felt like I had to hide like good grades or like things I was happy about. I'd call like friends or my family, but I, I wouldn't call my boyfriend. You know, I was like, and it wasn't like I was afraid he'd be jealous. I thought he'd like be turned off like not want to have sex with me it was so weird like I was like oh it's not something that he's attracted to I'm like being like you know same level playing field but I think where was like where was he from like in Iran (laughs) no like in I hear there I don't know where is his family from where is he from I'm just curious look I dropped names (laughs) but uh Tehran he's a he's from Tehran everyone's from Tehran (laughs) I'm from <laughs> so uh, he, was he born? He was here? born here. He's oh. Americanized. Yeah, it was very. I was like interesting. Wait, like where in LA? <laughs> I don't think that's getting where? that specific. I'm just like there's like West pers- LA. 
Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't even. I don't. It's a good. It's. I don't know. I'm just. What, no, what's your intel on West LA? That what I mean. What is West LA? I don't know. Like, like I'm trying to remember where he's from. Like what? Do like you, Brentwood, I think. I remember being Brentwood. That's where his parents are from. I don't know where he lives now. No, I'm not asking where I'm at. Where is Cross Street? He grew up in Brentwood. What does that say? It's not Beverly Hills version. No, I know, but Brent. Yeah, I mean, Brentwood could be snobby depending on where in Brentwood they live. I don't think it was that nice of a house. Oh, okay. (laughs) He's dragging this guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a thing, but it's like, it wasn't like he wasn't living like a Bel Air mansion. Okay, okay. Yeah, I guess I was just, I was trying to suss out the socioeconomic sitch what does that have to do with just curious what does that have to do with how he perceived me not of how he perceived you but his relationship to woman and where where does misogyny stem from i don't know yeah i don't know the way i see it is like maybe if he was already born well off he wouldn't feel intimidated by you being successful Um, Because he would just feel, like, innately successful by being born into a well-off family. Um, But maybe because he has less, he always felt, I don't know, I don't know who he is, I can't really say. But maybe he always felt, like, lesser than other people in L.A. Yeah, maybe. And And then dating someone who was, like, constantly achieving more than him was just, like, reminding him of, like, how little he is. Yeah, I totally off. I don't know. I mean, if if I think with the with the, I mean, I don't want to like cast all Persian men as evil. I mean, I feel like the tone of that last podcast (laughs) like that. Yeah, the tone of most of our episodes. Yeah, all Persian men are evil. We're traumatized, so it's like fine. But like, I think the stereotype with uh, Persian men is that my explanation for it is that they kind of want something easy, and Persian women are not. I think exactly easy to crack or they don't they don't fall in love easily because we have high standards because of our upbringing um just the way our, our culture is set up we're not easy we're not like i feel like other you know other girls i see tiktoks were like get yourself a persian guy it's never a per- oh, it's God. never a persian girl though it's always like a white girl or like a latina girl I'm like oh he treats me so well i'm like bitch i never got treated that way by any persian guy but it's like it's no, almost- you, you know what it is because girls non-persian girls that didn't grow up in the persian community don't realize that persian men are willing to say anything Exactly. To make you think that like you're the center of their world and really they don't give a shit about you. But like Persian girls know that's true because we've, we've been disappointed by our fathers so many times. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> wow. That we that we no, know no lie detected. No lie detected. <laughs> that that we know that like Persian men our age are also full of shit. But like non-Persian girls, like a Persian guy's gonna be like, baby, you're my everything. And like the girl's gonna be like, oh my god, he said I'm his everything. Yeah, they're like, no, he's different. He speaks to me this way. It's like he speaks to every girl that way. Do you know how to say I love you in Farsi? It's Dusit Daram. Oh my god. That's what my Persian boyfriend taught me. And like the reason Oh my god, he calls me Junab. (laughs) I'm his Juju. But it's like also, and then their relationship ends in three months. We're like, oh, that was fast. But it's like, it's weird. I get this like momentary like jealousy where it's like they get roses and they get all this stuff, but it's like I never got I never got that with a Persian guy. It was like 
I think maybe they know I sniff through their bullshit. Yeah, honestly, this is a really interesting point I didn't think about, or I haven't, I think I used to be aware of it when I was with my Persian ex. So, like, I feel like he was like so, like, a prince to these like Sephid girls he was dating because, like, even if I'm not trying to sound like attack other women, but like, even if they were, I don't know, whatever, let's say they look like shit, they had the brain of like, you know a hamster and all these things it's still like oh but she has blonde hair she's naturally blonde she she's my prize and it's like what the fuck is this did we talk about this in our last episode because this is actually a good point what is up with the obsession with blonde and blue eyes with them it's like basically that it's unique. Nazism. It's Nazism. <laughs> Nazism. Shout out to Zion, the Zionist hunter who's been like attacking me and Natalie. <laughs> oh my god, Zion Hunter won because Zion Hunter was already taken. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, apparently we're Nazis. So <laughs> we are like the original Aryans, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, well, he was trying to tie that to us, but it's like, wait, but we're Jewish. It's like, anyways, I don't, I don't, I didn't understand where he was going because it's like where, where, where Zionists, like piece of shit Jews who are also Nazis. So I'm trying to figure out how one. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So what were we saying? Oh yeah, the, I'm the, taking, the blonde. I'll take this part out. The, okay, the blonde, <laughs> blue eye thing. Yeah, I used to be really jealous about that too. And it was like funny, like all my, per- my per- the Persian guys I dated and the one Persian boyfriend I had, like their their crushes were like Amber Heard or Margot Robbie. I'm like these bitches don't look like me at all. Like what are you doing with me? It was almost like very odd, very bizarre. And it's like, yeah, the whole like they. It's funny that the TikTok trend kind of like triggered me because it's like get yourself a Persian guy. And it's like, they're going to fancy restaurants and driving his BMW. I'm I've like, never seen that. Daddy my, my algorithm is way different than yours because any, any TikTok I've seen about dating a Persian guy, it's like, if you um, dated a Persian guy, like something about like being traumatized and going to therapy. Or oh, something. I've seen that one too. I get both because I have, I'm on Persian TikTok. So I'll get both. That's the hashtag. So I get like the I get the traumatized girls too. They're I, usually, I only they're get usually the Persian. Girls. They're usually Persian though. They're usually like yeah. traumatized Persian girls. But you know, no worries. Like you date, you know, treat treat them like princesses for three months. I've been treating I've been treated like a princess in my relationship by my Sefi boyfriend. So all's good in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> I love how this episode is still turning out to be like a focus group for Persian women traumatized by Persian. <laughs> I think you know what I'm glad it happened to me because like now I get to appreciate what I have now. Does that make sense? Like I learned what I don't yeah. want. I think there's always a part of my brain that was like, maybe I shouldn't give it a go and date a Persian guy so like my life's a little easier with like my family and stuff. But it's funny, my family has come around. Like my parents don't care at all. I think my mom kind of saw what I went through in my past relationship, but she's mm-hmm. like, I don't really care like who you date where he's from as long as he makes you happy and she said that recently and she's like super happy for me and she's like oh my god he's so thoughtful he's so sweet I'm so happy for you so I'm thinking like maybe that heartbreak was necessary to get me here because maybe part of me would have been like I don't want to take anybody seriously who's not from my culture I want to just like make it work but I I started to let go after like all my my miss my you know the mistrial, I was saying mistrial because I'm a lawyer. Um, <laughs> why, what, what the hell? Uh, all my botched attempts basically yeah. were just not working out. And I was like, maybe there's something wrong with me. And it's like, no, it's, um, 
it just wasn't working out. And I'm more, I was more open-minded and my family like doesn't even care at all, like at all. And what about, cause your family's Jewish also. So what about the Jewish oh, they, aspect? Um, they don't, uh, not, not one bit, no cares at all. Oh. Also, you know what I've come to realize is that I like always thought like I want someone from a similar culture to me because they'll get the culture and they'll want to do the things like the holidays and all the little cultural things. What I've come to realize is that there's so many people that I've met that are from the same background as me that do not give a shit about the holidays and that do not want to do them and do not care and have no interest in them. Mm -hmm. And then like I met someone who's like totally not from it, but is like, I'll do whatever makes you happy and I'll learn whatever you want me to learn. And like, we can raise our future kids however makes you happy whatever like at the end of the day like you can meet someone from your background who hates all that shit and does not want to do it and then you can meet someone who's not from your background who's willing to learn it all it's so funny you mentioned that because uh my persian ex didn't want to celebrate noruz at all like why what's yeah, wrong with noruz you buy a goldfish you buy a bowl of grass you eat some stuff like what I, I but like What's so upsetting about Nor. I mean, my guy is excited. Like just what you described is my experience. Like he's really yeah. excited to learn about the culture. Like I'll try Tadik, I'll try Gorma Sabzi and Game and Bottom Jude. I just won't stick to kebab. You know, that's like the white experience I've had. Kebab is literally hamburgers on a stick. I'm sorry. If you're only eating kebab, like go to McDonald's. <laughs> it's um, it's like, you know, and just like I my grandma is excited to cook for him and everything. He's excited so to try cute. that. Yeah, I know. It's like bringing like pistachios or almonds, like a little Persian pastries. Like, oh, you, you know what I've seen a lot of on TikTok is like a girl, Persian girls dating non-Persian guys. There's one specific one is this Persian girl dating this really cute black guy. And like he speaks Farsi fluently. He like learned it after dating her. Like he dances like Persian, like he's obsessed with all the foods and it's like really cute. Yeah, like that's and it's funny because I think the Persian whitewash guy I dated was like almost ashamed of being Persian in a way. Like didn't have any Persian friends. Like I I maybe whitewash and my Farsi sucks. Like Farsi is truly terrible. I wish it was Same. better. Yeah, I, I wish it was better. But I still have Pers a lot of Persian friends. Like I, I was so blessed to meet Millie. Like we get each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um it's just weird. A lot of people are blessed to meet me. Okay, Millie, relax. <laughs> she's like my, I'm she's, on one. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's like it's I also like I'm like learning to love being Persian again through someone else's eyes if that makes sense yeah and well yeah I mean it's fun it's, it's like oh I'm doing no, like, I'm like a teacher yeah but it's interesting because it's like chic now it's like oh like yeah now i'm getting uh, we i made a joke about how like they're your breed of dog but it's like we're also their breed it's like oh now i have this ethnic breed that's and it's like cool <laughs> to embrace something new my boyfriend's listening to this like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> just call my girlfriend a dog <laughs> we're all dogs um like, it's dog a dog hunt. world i'm sorry like i walk down the street in my neighborhood and people give me looks because i'm not walking a dog it's like oh my god this is so i funny. actually do feel like maybe i'm a nazi it's like that's the kind of vibe i'm getting people hate me so much for not having a dog but anyways back to the dogs like us being dog breeds it's like it's yeah they have the luxury to take on this new thing because they they never had 
that experience never had those troubles I don't know I'm not trying to like I mean it's also really cool now to not be a boring basic white couple like (laughs) whenever um my boyfriend is currently listening to this but whenever we go out and we see like really basic white couple at like a restaurant or something he'll be like oh look at those basic white people and I look at him and I'm like Kyle you're half of a basic white couple like if you dated a white girl you would be a basic white couple (laughs) I don't think what makes a couple basic is their skin color but yeah no yeah Kyle's definitely not basic but he just likes to pick on other uh like solely white couples and I'm just like not everyone's lucky enough to snack a Persian girl okay (laughs) yeah that's true <laughs> no natalie has started a trend all of his all of oh yeah people. now now uh one of two of his friends are dating persian girls now he he's definitely started a trend in his friend group yeah i think like i, I noticed like a tr- like in the tone of the last episode was like i almost like i was like felt ashamed of being a persian girl like i'm unlovable or whatever it was like a weird like i picked up on that tone where it's like oh like Persian guys don't like me because I'm Persian and successful, but it's like those things are celebrated. It's like cool to be Persian. We have a beautiful culture. And I think the most, like, I'm obviously biased, but the most beautiful women on earth are from Iran. Come on, like, they're knockouts. Like, yeah, I, I mean, come on. I mean, especially the Muslim ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got a lot of hate for saying that. Muslim. Oh my, we got called like anti Zionist for uh for making that tiktok meanwhile my mom was we got called anti-semitic anti-semitic no i think also anti-zionist they they called us everything i don't think what we said had to do anything against israel but yeah one step closer to being canceled (laughs) yeah um so i guess like yeah that where i'm at right now is i'm um like proud of being persian i think it's beautiful i think i'm beautiful i think like my successes aren't like they're nothing to be ashamed about like I know like every Persian guy wants like a docile house like a lot of them want docile housewives like I know I'm not that and I know I'm also somebody who's not gonna take a backseat to somebody else's career because I do notice in Persian couples like Persian lawyer couples I've noticed like the the male lawyer for some reason always has a better career than the Persian girl like she's not on the cover of magazines. She's not getting accolades. She just she's just phoning it in almost. And like I was like, I don't want to phone it in. Like, are you okay with that? Like, are you okay with me not phoning it in? And I mean, yeah, I remember speaking um to a group of like my family friends, and it was all like women that were in their thirties, uh, like early thirties, and I just they were all housewives they were all just mom not just moms being a mom is a big deal but um I was talking to them and I remember like I just assumed none of them like either didn't finish undergrad or didn't go to grad school and then like I'm talking to them and all of them finished grad school like one went to law school one went to medical school like they had all finished a second degree and I just like remember being shocked because none of them went through with it. They all went to school and then got married and became housewives. And like, I just remember thinking to myself, like, why did you go to school? Did you just go to school because you didn't want to feel like you were wasting time while you looked for a husband? You just mm-hmm. wanted something to like fill the void until you got married? Or did you actually like enjoy it and love it? Because you know, if you actually enjoyed it and love it, like, do you plan on practicing one day once your kids are old enough to kind of like 
take care of themselves. I think what you're describing, I think what Natalie's describing is the MRS degree. So like when you're, you go to law school just to find a husband and I, the few Persian girls, there are Persian girls I've known that do that. It's like, I'm there to find a future lawyer. And then I meet, I marry the lawyer. I get the law degree, but I don't practice like that. That, that is a common thing. Yeah. That's a bit sad. Um, and I never wanted that. Like I actually enjoy being a lawyer. It's my passion. I can't imagine doing something else. Like maybe become a literature professor, but I have expensive taste. So this will be it. Um, <laughs> and I like it. Like I can't like, I, you know, it's fine. I took like Friday off because I got vaccinated and like when Sunday night rolled around, I was like, I've been in the office in quite a few days. And like, I, I miss it. I miss like calling the shots and m- affecting people's lives and moving the chess pieces of my, of my cases. I enjoy this. And like, I don't, you know. So do you call the shots in your relationship or how would you like, describe the difference th- between your work self and your. My, life? my relationship self is completely different from my work self. I'm like, embarrassingly like saccharine and cute and like I have nicknames and like it's embarrassing I won't be disclosing them on the podcast but (laughs) I'm like I mean I am like a I I'm definitely a different person behind closed doors I always knew I would be with the right person I think you know to get to that place where you're like sweet and you want to be taken care of Um, because the thing is I take care of everybody in my real life right I take care of my clients. I take care of what the partners want me to do because they don't want to do that work. So I do that. I take care of my family often. Um, I'm kind of the problem solver in my family. Um, so it's nice to not want to do anything. Um, I think we're equals though. Um, like we'll, we'll discuss things we want to do. Um, I think maybe I'm like a slightly more aggressive one um, just because that's kind of my personality and what I've been trained to do in law school. Like, you know, like what, taking charge or whatever. I take charge sometimes, but I'd say it's fairly equal. I don't think I would be happy uh, being the complete submissive. Um, although I am more submissive uh, behind closed doors, because I think you need to relax or feel like a feminine. What do you mean? You say you're aggressive, but then submissive I mean, ag- 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 aggressive, like... No. oh my god Millie no I didn't keep saying behind closed doors then you behind like, like your house your house like your submissive. house is like when you close the door of your house so then where but you just say you're aggressive I'm aggressive because sometimes I'll like I'll make plans and do things but but I run it by him like I'll be like my idea to do something like oh uh, okay like you okay. know like oh I want to go on this trip I want to do this like okay. but I, I feel like some girls want men to read their minds and then when they don't get their minds read, they explode or go yeah, crazy. I, know. I think that's I think that's toxic. Like I, do, I think so too. Yeah, yeah I'm, that's toxic. But like I guess because I'm like a normal woman, that could be described as like aggressive. But I'm not. Like I think like I'm I'm just normal and I've learned to be in a healthy relationship because a I guess I've gone to therapy and b I've learned my mistakes in prior relationships. But like um, being submissive means like it's I'm okay with somebody taking care of me and seeing the vulnerable side of me, which I haven't been okay mm-hmm. with before because I've had traumatic relationships, ex- relationship experiences. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's also inter- it's just like, I, I, I guess I'm just happy. Like I feel comfortable. I'm just like being myself. I don't have my guard up. I did have my guard up with Persian men, I think, though, because I was like, oh, they're going to hurt me. And they always did. Um, I, mean, oh, I think not- also with Persian men, like, I think we're always, I don't know about you specifically, but I feel like we're always just a little bit cautious about what we say and how we act just because they 
are in the community and they can judge us and spread rumors about us. And like, there's always a little bit of like distrust in a way. True. And I think that applies in a sexual sense too. Like, I feel yeah, like I you want to be like too naughty or too yeah like, exactly I, I think that really applies in a sexual sense and that it's funny because like they also pegged me as like the angel because I'm the Persian girl like my Persian ex felt like he was compelled to love me or be with me because his parents liked me oh she's going to law school she's a family friend's daughter she's perfect she's perfect wife material it's almost like a turnoff though but it's like no I'm not that I'm not the perfect wife material I'm flawed. I'm, I can be quote unquote naughty too, but I was never given that chance like to flourish mm-hmm. or to sexually flourish. It was like, I was trapped in this box of a, I was scared. Like what if this like gets out? Like if I'm like known as naughty and then B it's like, you put me in this role that I can't escape. I could not escape this role of being like, you're the chosen girl. You're the chosen one. And like, you know, I, I'm the one who broke up with him. And I think I, I really do think this like relationship with the one Persian guy led me to the happy relationship I'm in now. Um, so yeah, I, talk, I talk about it at the last episode. I talk about it now, but it's actually like, it's led me to this happy point and I'm no longer like the bitter girl in my last podcast because, okay, I dated this guy. I learned what I don't want and I learned how to stand up for myself because believe me, I may have, I may be a strong lawyer now, but as a girl who was just applying to law school, I was not strong. I was afraid like, you know, when, if, if I, lost this guy my mom would blame it on me you know what I mean like that's kind of where I was at like my mom's like well what did you do wrong what did you do like this is supposed to lead to marriage or whatever and I was like I don't even want to be part of that I want to date like see somebody's compatible rather than have like an end goal shoved down my throat and be constantly judged like I feel like now I'm like I feel more free and with with comes with that like I'm kind of glad I guess that I'm educated and financially independent I mean my parents can't really tell me even if they weren't happy which they are they can't tell me what to do anymore. I mean, yeah. I pay my own bills. I have my own my apartment. Like, I don't need to please them. If I, even if they didn't like my boyfriend, it's fine and dandy by me. It's my life, and I built my life, and I'm kind of free from the shackles of those like Persian expectations. Uh, that's amazing. I feel like it's a journey. Like you know, it wasn't overnight. Like it's really hard. It's even if you are financially independent, like it's, it's hard for your parents to not approve. Uh-huh. Like yeah, I sometimes wonder like, what if I'm, I don't know. I, I get really terrified of having to think about if I get into a relationship where it divides my, me from my parents. It's really hard. Like, I know it's not your reality right now, but like, it's not talked about enough actually and I don't know if like none of us are really in that position right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not like many, I mean, there are other cultures that are obviously the serious, but definitely like you can't relate to other Americans who have this experience where like you date someone outside of your culture and your parents will just kind of like drop off like that's the end of it like that's kind of yeah. it's, it's really intense I mean to be honest my my mom my and dad- then you're framed as a as a villain <laughs> we're talking about being framed as a villain it's like you get framed as a villain as as all of these things I mean my my dad wasn't my grandparents first choice so maybe that's where my mom is like more 
open-minded i don't know i mean at first she i think she was like my parents were neither of each other's parents choices but they're not open-minded <laughs> oh like i think that's where my, i i think i really do think i'm glad i had a crappy persian boyfriend because like it opened this door for me and it's like fun. i had one and their door is not open <laughs> oh, oh my god you need, Wait, another, I, you need another one. Oh my <laughs> god no no more no more shitty persian yeah it's just like it's just like and I feel like I'm braced for who I am. Only Iranian. <laughs> what? Oh my god. That's another TikTok thing, isn't it? Persia versus Iran. Yeah. Yeah, it like is. Persian versus Iranian. Um honestly, but- my my mom always like I used to always say, like, I'm never gonna date a Persian guy. And my mom used to always tell me, like, be careful what you say, because I always said that and I ended up with a Persian guy. And she's like, I don't want you to end up with a Persian guy. So stop saying that out, like, stop like saying that like it's so definite because then like the world might like trick you into end up yeah it's reverse chesh yeah okay I'm glad so my mom my mom always tells me be, to be careful to like not reverse chesh myself i just think it's an interesting phenomenon that like i didn't like being persian while being with a persian guy but like i like it now and it's like well he has like a really profound interest like he's like a filmmaker so he wants to like write about persian culture he just asked me like do you want to do you know any persian folk tales or persian horror stories like i want to like include like persian influences in my art and write about persians and and i'm like that is like and i'm a muse nice <laughs> i'm someone's muse um where it's like i don't think a persian guy would do that like i think any persian filmmaker would do that. i know yeah that was because yeah. i dated persian creatives not seriously but i've like been on dates of persian creatives where they're like their muse is like some like Sophie, yeah like, a Sophie white girl like zoe too. deschanel type we're like this you know <laughs> My my guy is like, so and I have I have to be better about this. I haven't asked my grandma about like, like you know yakibud yakinabud vibes. Like I think that's what I said. Like, do you know any Persian folk tales on like yakibud yakinabud? Oh my god! <laughs> and that's when he realized. like what? <laughs> that means oh, I'm, I am a hoax. I'm a hoax. Like oh you, I, I'm, I'm scared for that you. moment too. Like oh teach me all this. I'm like um, yakibud yakinabud. I don't know. I could do some Spanish. <laughs> that's a fucking nightmare it's like oh okay let me just ask my grandma i'll get back to you like why why don't you know yeah <laughs> but i think that's like cool and it's like yeah i guess like you know i know extra po- i feel like that was like no i i'm that's like my i don't know it's like my, it's like a dr- i, I t- love to be the muse that, I swear be to god muse. this is like one of my weird dreams that i manifested i was like wait you have you have to mention the thing about the psychic oh, so, oh yeah i have to clear his name okay apologies to the psychic that i mentioned during my last episode where i said he wasn't accurate about me meeting a guy in november who was an aquarius and like it was a it's funny because he said i was gonna meet somebody who was like a friend that developed into like a romance and we would start dating november to winter months and my my boyfriend and i we were friends for about a year and like we you know we it's like almost like a friends of romantic tension and I was like focused on my career. I was in, I was in my bag. Uh, he was doing his own thing. And it just worked out that like we started dating around Halloween. Um, and I'm like at work one day, like it's mid November and I'm like scheduling a date with him. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Cause I knew really early on that I wanted to seriously date him. Cause I also knew him before. So I liked his vibes I knew he was a good match for me. But early on, like us dating, like I was like, this is going to be a significant relationship in my life. I just knew it. And I just kind of was like, oh, wait, it's November. 
it's a friendship developed into a romance and he's an Aquarius. And he also mentioned that like he uses his hands a lot when he speaks and he has sandy brown hair and all of that was accurate. So my bitter ass in August was like, he was inaccurate. I'm going to die alone. You guys just fucking hate him so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like I hate everybody. It's not real. Everything's a fraud. And I was like, Oh, I guess like there was some truth to that. Um, And it was just funny that I just randomly remember that at work. My boyfriend's like, that didn't occur to you anytime earlier than that moment. And I was like, I don't know. I guess I was just like, so in my head or so cynical. Yeah, it's just so exactly. sad. It's so just so cynical. You really yeah, I was believe. so cynical. I was so negative. Even in the first couple of weeks of us dating, because I've been hurt so badly mm-hmm. that it didn't occur to me. Oh, this is the guy that was predicted for me until I was like mid-November. Like almost like Thanksgiving is when I realized it. I was like, oh yeah, it's November. Like it's like a similar vibe. And he's like, so yeah, blown away by that. Um, apparently, like we we met at an event and we didn't meet at a club. Um, our first date, like there was a glass door. Apparently, he saw a glass door with a glass door being pushed. And we went to a restaurant with a glass door. Like I need to go check. I'm pretty sure there was a glass. Who is this psychic? Oh yeah, he's so detailed. He's super detailed. I know. It's like I want to go to him. I'll drop the info. I'll give you guys the info. Okay. Cool. <laughs> link in description. A link in the description. Well, he's like, has a phone number. He's like, legit. Uh, okay. he's one of those. DM, DM us if you want. I, I will. I will. So it's like that, that kind of came true. But what I was saying before I cleared his name was I kind of like manifested some, I was trying to manifest somebody who appreciated all aspects of me, including my cultural background. And I was like, kind of hoping like maybe create a creative guy who like I would serve as a muse for. So like that kind of played out. It's possible. Like I feel like I earned it though in this weird way. Like I dated a lot of assholes. I <laughs> a handful of them were Persian guys who just, you know, it's a shame. Like if you're like riding off your culture and the beautiful women that belong to it, to date like you know, whatever you're into. I feel like it's a shame. Like because I think we, I think Persian women have a lot to offer. I think the intensity is actually what my boyfriend loves about me because I think we love deeply we feel intensely like we feel a whole spectrum of emotions um and I think that's a beautiful thing you're gonna have a great love affair with like a Persian girl you know yeah well it's kind of like I think of Penelope Cruz's character and Vicky Cristina Barcelona and like I'm not that her <laughs> no I'm not thinking about, that. I'm not about you I'm just saying in general like her and Javier Bardem couldn't be together in the movie because they were both really intense. Like they literally yeah. end in gunfights, but like when she's with someone else, she's normal. When he's with someone else, he's relatively normal. But somehow, like, yeah, they'll have the best sex, but then there's like a knife being pulled on each other at the end of the night. It's like there's only I do believe that like you I don't know if there really can be like two intense people in a relationship. Like it's not sustainable. Well, I think there's different kinds of intensity. Like just because my boyfriend's not pulling a knife out on me doesn't mean no i'm not saying it was good i'm not saying it was that i that wasn't saying that it's good but there's different types of intensity like i think like what i mean by intense is not like i I wasn't even talking about sexually i wasn't talking about sexual either sorry that came off i wasn't saying like oh that means no like i mean if you watch the movie he has great sex with scarlett johansson he has great sex with the other girl everyone's having great sex okay (laughs) that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying like they have this like it seems quote unquote passionate 
but it's it's not it's just like two people who are too similar to like mm-hmm. both fiery and it, it doesn't end well for either of them yeah my i mean i don't I'm not you know really i don't think i'm elaborating i don't think i'm i don't think i'm quote i guess i can be feisty and fiery but um, i mean yeah but I what's think, wrong with that there's you nothing are. wrong there's nothing wrong with that and i don't think i'm gonna like apologize for that anymore but my first boyfriend was like Kind As she like, wears her red pussy blow, pussy bow blouse. Yeah, there isn't anything wrong with that. And I think that's, ex- I think like some, some men actually seek that out. Um, yeah. I mean, like I, my temperament is very different from a white girl. Like I'm not like. But why? Okay, we need to stop bringing you back to the white girl thing. Yeah, because probably we're insecure. I'm deep down like still insecure about it. You know, it's like armchair, like psychology. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm probably still, I guess. Yeah, because I think it's funny. I think there's a part of me that's like, oh, I wish I was kind of like whatever blah and just like went with the flow or whatever but i'm not wired that way i know i i do sometimes wonder what it's like to be like like that. milk toast but but also milk toast um wonder bread <laughs> yeah wonder bread like you know i'm sorry i don't wear warby parker glasses no but you know I, what i'm happy you know what about mean, like- in regards to not being wonder bread is that when you're wonder bread there's so many people in this world that will be attracted to you and that will be able to be like your partner so you don't really get the one for you because there's so many ones because you're just so easy to date but like (laughs) when you're a little bit like spicier only certain people can handle the spice and then you end up with really the person that is for you because not everyone can handle you that is so beautifully put like that actually like you solved all my problems yeah, like not not everyone loves gourmet sabzi. Okay, it's better to be gourmet sabzi than Wonder Bread. <laughs> We've solved the problem. No, that's that actually like we don't I, need to do the podcast. Anymore. It's over. We, it's just, yeah, it's, it's over. Just, we reached the. <laughs> no, I think that actually like a light bulb just went in my head. Like, I think it does take. I don't if you if you if you are handling me and like me, you're meant for me. That's a great way of putting it the numbers like the, the wonder bread there's so many of them and yeah i'm not knocking that i think i fit certain people and i just feel like i'm always compared to that in different capacities and that makes me feel a lot better but well, i think I'm, I'm happy i helped but i think like the feisty fiery i think it's fetishized a lot too oh, it for is sure. like when when we'll say that. guys refer to us as like um ethnic like oh you're so ethnic or like you're so I don't know it's almost like they're referring to a food and like they're like fetishizing like the fact that you're like not white and American for sure but I think it's like the fiery aspect it's like it's yeah I was talking about like personality like a lot of men will say that they want this like kind of fiery girl but like then in reality they experience that and they're like never mind yeah <laughs> go back to my wonder bread he doesn't bruise my ego <laughs> oh i think that's also why an- another reason why uh persian men like wonder bread is because like they're such doodle talas like they don't want someone that's gonna like bring them back down to like a normal level 100 percent, 100 percent but like I think it's a mark. Like if you like, if you say you like fiery or feisty, and that's what you're seeking out, or strong, independent, and you get it, and you're able to go with the flow, that just shows like you know, you're I think somebody who can set their ego aside or whatever, mm-hmm. or you just you're their equal. I think if somebody can hang with me, they're my equal. 
like their their dreams are my dreams my dreams are their dreams we're 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 in a partnership now we're not in like oh you got into law school and I didn't oh my god like I can't like no like you know what like that relationship could have worked if you were like hey I'm gonna study harder what did you do I'm, I'm happy for you but what did you do so I can achieve my dreams too I think like that chip is missing a lot of Persian guys um so I mean I'm with somebody who's like we support each other's dreams I don't feel ashamed if I want if I you know, let's say I get a bonus one day at work. I, I don't feel ashamed coming home and be like, hey, I got a bonus. I got a new client. I would do the same to, for him. Like, I think if you change the dialogue, I think Persian men change the dialogue about being the king or the dudutela, they would, there's no king. Like, you know what I mean? There's no kingdom. You're, you're in a partnership. And if you're going to be a king, then you, a kings need queens, you know? Yeah. Like, you could be the queen king, but watch the queen conquer exactly be the, the king, king and watch the queen conquer like what's wrong with that like if you're gonna date milk toast then what is like what are you hanging out with the tavern wench for you know that's a reflection <laughs> of you it is it's a reflection of you if you're dating somebody beneath you it's almost a reflection of you that's why i never understood that like the mediocre well like, you know you know why they want to date someone beneath them it's so that they can have control and tell like Nobody could tell you what to do, especially if you're making more money than them. Because what are they going to hold over you when you say, I don't want to do this? They can't be like, oh, well, I'm not going to provide for you. Like you provide for yourself and that's what they fear. Yeah, I guess so. And you don't want someone who fears the fact that you provide for yourself and feels the need to hold something over you to control you. Oh, yeah, for sure. That Again, that's like a daddy-daughter relationship, which I think is the Persian problem. It's like... Mm-hmm. I, I notice a lot of those relationships like daddy and daughter like no my, exactly my husband and wife and it, it's like daddy and, and daughter like um I'm and not the way like, it even starts it's like you're being you're transferring a daughter from one household if she's becoming a daughter to another household like yeah. she's to be a daughter perpetually I actually explained my that to my boyfriend once where I was like oh it's actually kind of scandalous that I have my own apartment because you're not supposed to live anywhere else. You're supposed to be transferred oh, from your hu- my from God. Your dad's yeah, house. My dad's family found out I'm like living. I moved out and they're like, oof, yeah, not really. We need to talk. They, they, they probably think that like it's a brothel, like a one woman brothel and Millie's just running the show. I mean, it does make it does make hooking up easier. I mean, yeah, build, your build is your Whenever I live alone, there's like no hookups. Whenever I'm living at home, all of a sudden it's popping. When I'm living alone, <laughs> it's like no one in my life. Like what? And I can't even reap the benefits. Dude, I felt that way during the pandemic. I was like, okay, I finally have to move out. And now there's a pandemic. But <laughs> I was so mad. But it's like, yeah, I was trying to explain that to my boyfriend. I was like, you know, it's weird that I have my own place, right? Like, it's like almost like being a whore. Mm-hmm. and he like I was like oh interesting I'm like yeah because it's like your past from becoming a daughter to the wife and I was like I'm not part of that narrative like no it's it's, it's a partnership it should be equals and I, I think our culture doesn't really grasp that I see that in my parents relationship too I still think my, my mom thinks she wears the pants and my dad definitely calls a lot of the shots or she feels like she needs to check with him before doing something uh, but not in the whole, like, let me check with my partner kind of way. Like, oh, I hope your dad doesn't get mad if I do this kind of thing. Which, I mean, like, I, it, it's not just my relationship traumas that led me to what I wanted and the happy relationship I'm in. It's also, like, my family traumas, too, you know? Like, seeing my mom and her her mistakes and her missteps. Um, yeah. It's like, I observe that. I observe it now. Like, I don't see them as much anymore because um, I spend a lot of time with my boyfriend. I'm working long hours. But when I do see them... 
I see the dynamic. I'm like, oh, this is why, you know, as a little girl, I was so drawn to feminism and like, you know, Jane Austen writers like that. I love the story of Pride and Prejudice because it was like, she's rejecting all her suitors because she wants to fall in love. Like for me, I was never like driven by status or money or like having somebody take care of me. I was like, no, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to have my fairy tale on my own terms. And I'm going to demand the guy respects me because, you know, you grow up with this narrative. Then you start dating the similar narrative because your parents tell you date certain types. And then you're like, I can't, I want to break the generational trauma. Like that's my role. Like, and I want to be a role model for my younger sister too. And other like young Persian girls who may be listening to this, like you need to just cut the cord, like do your own thing. Like, the buck should stop at you because when I have daughters, I'm going to hope that they don't make my mistakes. You know, they learn from a younger age to make their own decisions without having a check with mommy and daddy on everything. But of course, I want to like who my, my, who my kid is dating. I don't want my kid to date like a drug addict or a criminal. But I don't want to have, like, I, I think there was a, in my early 20s, there was too much of me, like, checking in with my mom and dad, with my decisions. Like, where do I go to law school? Who do I get married to? Who do I do this? And then just, like, I, I think it t- took, like, one bad experience well, to break that. Yeah, okay. I don't think you need to tell the next generation that too much because they're kind of, they're a little bit too free. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, okay. Gen they Z. have absolutely, we need to have some Etheram left, okay? okay. Let's. <laughs> Let's not forget. Well, you know what I meant. You know what I meant. No, I know. I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to. Trying <laughs> I just to meant like, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I just feel like there was a lot of fear. Like, no, I, I, what's no, going to happen? Agree. What's going to happen? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was yeah. like a little what's going to happen vibes. Where my, I still have that vibe, though, but less so. Yeah. No, Natalie Sahar's referencing when we said we did the impression of what's going to happen. <laughs> She's been obsessed with that. Yeah, because I'm still like that. Like I'm trying to I'm I'm talking a big game right now, but there's sometimes I'm still like like I texted my mom before getting on this podcast like, hey, if I don't answer, I'm not dead in an alley. You know, I'm not like running a brothel. I'm just doing a podcast. It's <laughs> like they're like, oh, you're pick up the phone in an hour. She's dead. And it's like, I still have that what's going to happen mentality. You know what I mean? I know. And it's like, even when I first started dating, like seriously, I was like, what if like they're angry if I spend the whole weekend with him or whatever, which I never used to do. But now I'm doing that with, with this boyfriend. And my mom's like surprisingly so cool with it. I think she's almost like happy somebody's like, you know, I'm consulting somebody with my bad days instead of calling her. She's like, okay, I'm a good person. You know, she's like, okay, I can like relax now. But it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't want to raise somebody who has fear of me. Does that make sense? No, no, I get that. And I think like even you, like you want, you're, you saw, you don't want to be like the villain who like dates. No, no, I think children, like, you know, children should check in with their parents, but it shouldn't be out of this like fear of, you know what I mean? Like you should have some not it's not a fear that I'm thinking you should have, but like you know, you should have consideration of what your parents think and what everyone thinks. That's just being a considerate person, being mm-hmm. a decent person. I think I used to check but, in with my mom for a lot of weird things though. Like I used to like like wait. if I was gonna eat something at home, I'd like go into her room and be like, I'm gonna have a bowl of cereal. And like she would just like look at me like you know, you live here, right? You don't have to ask me to have a bowl. I was not that kind of kid. I was that kind of kid. Yeah, I was. I'm still that. If I go there, if I go to their house, like, can I get a bottle of water from the fridge? And they're like, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't want my kids. I want my kids to check in with me because they want my advice. Like, hey, 
like I'm dating this new guy. What do you think? Like, what do you think? He yeah, that's this? what I'm saying. Like, I think you should check in, but it should be like in this way that there's you could have you could speak freely. You can you yeah, know like check in out respect for their with, opinion. Yeah, you're not going to be met with uh you know hostility or being like shunned for this. Like, there should be a conversation rather than just like screaming like a fight then you like throw it under the rug and then like and then it just builds and then another screaming match where you talk about it for two seconds but then like basically fight about something else and then you again you throw it under the rug and then it's just like repressed emotions repressed emotions repressed anger that is that is exactly and then you're like wait why are we i feel like if we just solved this like one thing you were mad at me about and i was mad at you about like it wouldn't have led to all of these other things and that's exactly how it goes it's almost chilling the accuracy is almost chilling yeah i don't know i i've always dreamed of having a daughter just so i could like yeah me too you know, i just want a daughter so badly just so she can come because i really craved having a mom where i'm not afraid of what she's gonna say to me you know and i feel like you watch all these sitcoms with these like white moms and daughters like mom dane's a cool guy Ooh, what's his name have you kissed like <laughs> wow. i've never had that and I, I want to be that for a young little girl like i want to do that so badly I, like- my mom was like that for me like i used to tell my mom everything i remember one time i got really fucked up and fell asleep in the bathroom stall at a club and like i got home at like six o'clock in the morning and like the next day my mom was like why did you get home so late and I'd be like oh my god mom I got really fucked up and fell asleep in a bathroom and she was like okay (laughs) she was just kind of like I like I guess if you're like not embarrassed to tell me that then um then it's okay if I just like laugh along with you like if you're able to laugh at yourself I'll laugh with you kind of thing like I was never embarrassed to tell my mom anything um you if i was if i was in a situation i'd be like murdered yeah or like one time i met a boy and like two (laughs) and like two weeks after meeting him he like invited me to like upstate where he was living to like spend the weekend with him and i was like mom like what if i just like went for the weekend upstate with this boy i just met and she's like oh my god do it or like my my current boyfriend is a dj and i asked my mom like mom like if he goes on tour and like he invites me to come with him for like a month on tour like should i like go travel the world with him and she's like oh my god yes but if anyone asks literally my mom says if anyone every time she gives me advice she knows it's not typical motherly advice and that people are going to think she's a horrible parent for saying yes to these things uh so she always tells me but if anyone asks if i said yes tell them i said no and i'm like okay yeah, I know. I cannot like, relate. Confused, Megan. Do you want to show you Cannot relate. Cannot relate. But it's like weird. This is a really weird thing that I fantasize about. But you know, like white mom and daughters on sitcoms, they talk about sex like openly and freely. Like, oh, like oh, I the condom broke, or like you know, I'm like stuff like that. Like, I never got that advice. I have like a spiritual mom that I go to. Like, I have like a adoptive mom that I met through like. It is so LA, but like spiritual healing circles or whatever. I, I what go the to fuck. Out. But I don't have a mom like that. Like, like I'm so, from LA. I don't know where are these. I'll, I'll find you one. Because like, God forbid, what if I get pregnant on accident? Like I can never tell my mom. Oh, mom, I got pregnant on accident. Like I, I, that's not something that I can go to my mom for or like sexual stuff. Like I want a daughter to be able to trust me to not get mad at her. Does that make sense? Like I just like yeah. Of and it's like the weirdest sense. thing. Like this is the number one reason why I want a daughter is that I want like to fix 
the prior mistakes. And it's not like my mom doesn't love me. She's a great mom. And she actually is the reason why I'm strong today because she's the one who taught me to be independent and not rely on a guy and to, ch- and to choose love like that. She's the one who taught me that. And she's super supportive, but growing up, like, my twenties are very difficult. Like I could not, like I had to figure out men on my own and sex mm-hmm. on my own. No, it's hard. I mean, of course, like the, my mom also, she's strong in some areas and then there's other things that I just can't have with her. And it's hard because like with the areas where I share everything with her, it's amazing because like mothers carry a burden for their daughters and only they can carry that. So you mm-hmm. really feel it when you can't share something else with them. Yeah, exactly. You really feel it. I have my burdens. I'll be bringing, you know, into my mother daughter relationship, but I'm, I, what I want is my burden is like, you can come to me about your partners. Like, I don't know. I feel like with as Persian girls, we have to follow a script. Like I didn't follow the script and I'm happy. Like, I guess I followed the script because I became a lawyer as a lawyer, a doctor or engineer. So I picked lawyer, but like, I'm not following the script. Like I wanted my own apartment. Like, I mean, there's, there, I think my parents are still scandalized that I have my own apartment. They're, they're used to it now, but it was, it was scandalous. And it's like, you know, I want my own apartment. I'm going to decorate the way I want to. I'm going to date who I want. I'm going to fall in love. And it's going to be like, this is the life I'm creating. I'm not, I, I threw away their screenplay, you know, like the mm-hmm. Persian script that we're all supposed to follow. Like I, and I'm, I'm and I'm happy. Body Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um yeah i feel like we really went we went full circle i know i mean like the last thing last episode to now last episode i was like i'm i'll be freezing my eggs and i hate men period (laughs) whoa i think you did (laughs) i know oh my god i hate men you know i don't even like i hate persian men but you know i don't even like white men i don't like any of them like hashtag girl boss (laughs) Like, it's like funny. It's like, it's when you least expect it though, because literally a month later, we kind of started dating. Yeah. Like, we started hanging out at my place and stuff. And it was like, like we rekindled. It's like when you, when you stop looking and stop putting pressure on yourself, I think something blossomed. It was, it was funny. I think the universe kind of did a trick, like winked at me. It's like, oh, like you went on this podcast. You're like this tough girl. Like, here, let's throw you for a loop because it's all because of us. You guys are like my fairy godmothers. <laughs> no, it's so cute that in a way, like we kind of like documented this. I know this it's so funny. love story. Um, yeah, I think and- it's the full circle. I I think it's like I'm glad that I'm not that girl from that podcast, though. Like I'm glad I rebranded a little bit. I think you that- can have it all. You can have a re- you can have love. You can have your career. You can have both. I think I'm learning that. I think I was resistant. I was like, oh, you can't have both. It's too hard. But I think you can have both. That's what I love about the podcast is that it's like this verbal journal that I get to keep. And I get to like go back in time and like see what I was like two years ago. And then compare it to how I am now and how like my like mindset has changed, how my life has changed. It's a really yeah. cool like documentation of like our lives. Yeah, I think when we did the podcast, I there was like a tinge of bitterness and like resignation that I'll be alone for a while. And I think that was mm-hmm. a pandemic was at its peak too. I was like very lonely and um, I kind of wrote off men. I was like, I was dating though at the time too when we did that podcast, but all the men were like disappointments. Yeah. Um, I just want to make it clear that when I posted my boyfriend on my grid, on the Instagram grid, um, a lot of the white men I dated congratulated me and they're really happy for me, but all the Persian men unfollowed 
I feel like that's very telling. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> I was like, what? My following count went plummeted. It was like like 11 people unfollowed within a couple of days. <laughs> I was like, and then I would check yeah. their names, like Persian guys I was either flirting with or dated in the past, or they've had crushes on me from school or whatever. I just remembered their usernames and all of them unfollowed. It was like, I was like, wow. Doodle tala vibes only. <laughs> That's so interesting though. I I told this I like I told you this when we had dinner that I feel like I usually see the opposite that whenever a guy sees that a girl's in a relationship, he's like they all they all run into her DMs. Like now they're all interested because she's no no guys they unfollow they unfollow they unfollow just, they, but then just... they go and then they message requests that's what they do they unfollow because um, they're like i, oh, I want to see that shit no homo but then like they're in they're in the the dm they unfollow or they just don't show support by like not liking i want all like, my want oh all my they like. won't like but then they'll respond to all of your stories where he's not in it nobody none of the none of my former flames like my picture yeah no all my minions must like this picture of me and my new my new guy they must be cucked <laughs> that is yeah, their, that is their punishment <laughs> now that's that's the real title of this episode they must be cucked <laughs> no don't don't title it that <laughs> i like anorexic teletubbies okay oh my God. <laughs> we'll, we'll see it's up to me <laughs> i hope they um well we've is that it have we oh we went over an hour yeah we I, I love how we casually go over an hour it's just not even noticeable it's because i'm here i'm interesting <laughs> thank you sahar for coming on the podcast again for gracing us once more you're welcome hope the persian girl the listening. chaotic energy can have hope <laughs> now it's not hopeless for a Persian girl out here. It's just tough for a Persian girl out here. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Persian girl problems. It's hard out here for a pimp. That's a, that's a good title. It's hard, it's hard out here for a Persian girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm referencing a song from that movie, Hustle and Flow. From like yeah, I know. I, oh, I know. Oh, oh, okay. No, I don't know. <gasps> she thinks I'm a peasant. No, it's hard yeah no i i feel like that'll be the outro song push that shit out you know it's hard out here for a pimp when he's trying to get this money for the rent for the cadillacs and gas money spent will cause a whole lot of bitches jumping shit